Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1954. The topic is Q&A and the title is, Can You Out-Train a Bad Diet? Fat Loss, Muscle Growth, and Strength. So typically this question is asked when it comes to fat loss. Can you out-train a bad diet? People want to know, you know, if I exercise more, Will that counter overeating? There's, there is a ridiculous amount of information to unpack in that, like more than just even a single podcast. Because most people aren't overweight from overeating, they're overweight from inconsistent eating. So therefore, whether they exercise or don't exercise, it doesn't really create a significant impact or change on the actual issue. The actual issue is they're inconsistently eating. They go too long without eating enough, and then they make up by that by eating too much. So let's think of a typical example is people undereat during the day and they overeat at night. They then go into the next day, and the body says, well, you know, I, I'm not getting enough of calories. I'm not getting enough of what I need during the day when I'm active. I'm creating this large deficit. But then at night... I'm getting an influx of calories, an influx of protein. I'm getting an influx of all this stuff. And it's actually above what I need at that time. So let me save some of that excess. Since I just experienced this really long deficit, I'm going to save some of that excess to protect myself. Then the next day, we use up some of that excess, but the body registers that there's still this huge deficit because we're not eating enough during the day. But it gets another surplus the evening. And it says, well... You know, in order for me to continue to protect myself, maybe I need to maybe I need to save even more from this excess as well, and therefore we accumulate body fat. When we save, when our body saves energy, it does so in the form of creating body fat. So it saves enough energy in what it believes then will protect it for whatever deficits that it experiences. So if the body experiences very large, very unpredictable deficits, it saves more body fat. If it experiences less deficits and they're kind of predictable the body knows when it's coming it, it doesn't need to save as much so it'll save less and less and less and less so the idea of fat loss is to get rid of deficits and surpluses try to just give the body what it needs when it needs it and therefore it has no need to save anything extra therefore it has no need to create new body fat so when people say can they out train a bad diet meaning If I exercise more, does that make up for why I'm overweight? No, (laughs) depending on what your reason for being overweight is. Some people are overweight, like we said, from inconsistent eating. Some people have body fat more than they want from chronic undereating. So exercise is actually going to make it far worse because it, it, it exacerbates the deficit that's causing the problem. So exercising more only like, quote-unquote, out-trains a bad diet if the bad diet is chronic overeating. But most people who want to lose weight aren't chronically overeating. They're aware of the fact they want to lose weight, so therefore they're probably already trying to eat less. So therefore they still have body fat because they're inconsistently eating or they're not eating enough less, maybe, or they're eating too less, And they're getting actually into the underfed category, which is causing them to have higher amounts of body fat. So to unpack the question, you know, can I out-train a bad diet? I wouldn't want to blanketly say no. 
I'm definitely not going to say yes. <laughs> but I don't want to just say no because there are times in which people can experience if I increase my exercise, I lose a little more weight. So they get this moment of yes. So therefore, if I say no, it can't be done, they would say, well, bullshit. That's exactly what I saw happen. I exercised more. I lost a little bit of weight. My weight loss kind of plateaued. So now I need to exercise even more because it worked last time. So that's what they see is they see I increased activity. I burned more calories. Therefore, I can out-train what I've been doing nutritionally. If I add more exercise, I'll make more progress. Well, the, the trouble with it is, is it's only a momentary yes, and it's not sustainable, not even habitually sustainable. It's not sustainable in regards to how the body actually works for itself. Like the body can't sustain that process. So the long-term issues when it comes to trying to out-exercise your nutrition is, is that the amount of training does become unsustainable, because you have to continue to add more. You add some, you lose, say, five pounds. Well, then that plateaus. So you have to add more exercise to lose another five. That plateaus. You have to add more exercise to lose another five. All of a sudden, you're in the gym three hours, three hours a day. And I've had clients, not that I put them in the gym. <laughs> I got them once they have already gotten to that stage, and they're like, holy freaking crap, this is miserable. I'm in the gym three hours a day, and I can't make any progress. So then I get them, and I'm like, let's undo everything you just did. <laughs> so very slowly, we undo a lot of the overtraining. We undo the inconsistency of nutrition. Now, they're in the gym maybe one, 40 minutes to one hour, three to four times a week, making great progress. So the additional increase of exercise eventually becomes unsustainable. And then calories aren't kind of the be-all, end-all of what everything that we need. When we think of increasing exercise, we're increasing damage to the body. We're increasing nervous system stress. We're increasing connective tissue stress. We're increasing muscle tissue stress. Even if you go for a run, like you're like, well, I'm not lifting weights. I'm just running. Well, that causes muscle tissue damage. Absolutely. That causes a lot of connective tissue stress. You're causing a lot of stress to the body. Just because you eat enough calories doesn't mean you're going to have enough of what the body needs to repair that stress, which will be protein, sleep, and then a lot of uh, vitamins and minerals like micronutrients. We think of macronutrients as you know carbs, fats, and protein, and water, uh, and then micronutrients are all the other things we need, vitamins and minerals. If the body is getting enough quote-unquote calories, but not enough protein, not enough micronutrient balance, uh, and there's hydration issues, there's sleep issues, there are so many things that would need to be correct for you to be able to add more activity but not have the more activity cause a long-term problem. So when I work with advanced athletes and we have to get ready for a competition or they enter a certain season, you know, contest prep or off-season where they want to grow a lot after doing muscle tissue dam uh, growth, we if we want to add more to what they do, we have to do more with what we eat, how we sleep, how we manage stress. We have to improve our approach everywhere, not just in the training program, not just in the gym. So for fat loss, can you out-train a bad diet? The answer is a short-term yes. There's a moment where if you add exercise, you'll see some weight loss. But in the long term, the answer is no. 
Uh, it's just you're not going to be able to maintain proper calories, protein, timing, sleep, uh, vitamins and minerals like micronutrient support. There eventually becomes a recovery capacity limit that you will reach if you don't already reach like habitual limitations of how long can you go to the gym or how much time can you set aside to exercise per day. So when you try to out-exercise a bad diet, you know, can you make some progress momentarily, haphazardly, accidentally? Yes, but it is insanely inefficient and it's not going to be long-term effective. But what's interesting is when we talk about out-training a bad diet, almost exclusively it's discussed in fat loss. But what about nutrition? I mean, what about like nutrition and, and how we eat for strength? What about muscle growth? If you strength train, you're not interested in fat loss, but you want to get stronger. You can't out-train a bad diet, meaning I can't just train more to get stronger if my nutrition isn't supportive of that. You have to have appropriate calories, protein, timing, hydration, and then sleep, other recovery capacities. But when we look at a diet, like can you out-train a bad diet? If I am strength training, it doesn't matter what I do to my program. If I reach the limit of what my bad diet can recover and sustain uh, in regards to stress and stimulus adaptation, eventually adding more to the programs, adding more to the workouts doesn't get you more. Your limit of what you can achieve in training is going to be based on nutrition, not what you do in the gym. Your nutrition can actually support an insane amount of training. I've trained CrossFit athletes to go to the CrossFit Games and they'll train two to three times a day. I've trained Olympian, uh, Olympic athletes, I've trained professional athletes, and they'll be in the gym or doing some type of physical training four, five, six hours a day. If the nutrition is on point, we can absolutely sustain that type of uh, training and actually make continued progress. But you take the average person who eats haphazardly and put them in the gym four, five, six hours a day, they'll be destroyed within a single week. Because they don't have the calorie support, the protein support, the timing isn't correct, their hydration isn't going to be correct, their micronutrients aren't going to be correct, let alone they're probably not going to be sleeping very well. <laughs> so there, there is a nutritional component that has to be accounted for when you think you want to make more progress in strength and muscle growth training. So you can't out-train a bad diet in regards to strength. You can't just do more in the gym and expect to get more if your nutrition doesn't support that more. Same for thing, same thing for muscle growth. I can't I can't add more volume to my training, add more intensity, add a whole nother you know training workout or something, and expect to grow more. What are we, What are you going to grow from? Like what are you going to grow with? What is the material that those muscles are going to use to actually grow? That comes from nutrition. When you don't pay attention to your nutrition and you just kind of eat as you normally do, and if you adjust your training, you can make a little bit of progress, absolutely. But it's not long-term sustainable and it's not efficient. You're going to be spending an enormous amount of energy for a very minimal outcome. 
One of the challenges, though, is we don't necessarily notice that right away. So for strength, for example, you can get stronger. There's kind of like three basic components to increasing strength. There's physical adaptations, which comes from connective tissue and muscle tissue. And you can also talk about like nerve connections. But there's physical adaptations that when our body completes those physical adaptations, it makes us stronger. We have the, a higher capacity for strength. Then there's mental. Sometimes we're not stronger just because we kind of freak out when we get under a heavy weight and we forget all of our good cues. We forget to do it the right way. So we can't display our strength correctly because our mental strength isn't supportive. Well, you can improve mental strength even without nutritional support. So that's something that can improve, get you a little bit of a bump in strength, and it masks the lack of nutritional support. The third component of strength is technical. You can improve your technique to better utilize the strength you currently have. You'll see that as you're getting stronger because you'll see more weight being moved. But you haven't increased your capacity of strength. You've increased your ability to express your strength. And that can happen without nutritional support. So again, that kind of masks the lack of nutritional support and, and how much that truly is actually holding you back. Because you'll see a little bit of progress. Maybe, maybe you had 5, 10 pounds to lift across 3 or 4 months. So it looks like you're making progress. But if your nutrition was better dialed in, oh, it could be 15 or 20 pounds over 3 months. So you're getting something, but you're unaware of what more you could be getting. Eventually, the capacity to improve your mental strength lessens over time. The capacity to improve your technical strength lessens over time. It takes a long time because technique is actually very nuanced. So you can improve that for a while. But eventually, the small little nuances that you can change become less and less and less and less. It becomes less and less significant. So at first, maybe the first couple months, you could train, you could change one or two things and get a five to ten pound jump. But after two or three years, you change one or two things and it just feels a little more efficient. So maybe you can get one extra rep in an entire workout, not necessarily five or ten pounds. So the mental and technical adaptations slow down over time. And then all of a sudden everything plateaus, becomes stagnant, and you wonder what's going on. Well, if you didn't have the nutritional support, you haven't been making the physical adaptations this whole time. And now all of a sudden you're actually getting to see that as an issue. The other thing that pops up that people kind of don't recognize is related is insufficient recovery leads to aches and pains, muscle stiffness and tightness, uh, it just leads to poor performance. All of those things can lead to mental burnout or an injury. And you might be like, oh, you know, I was doing really well, then I got injured, so I was fine. My nutrition was fine if it wasn't for that injury. Why do you think the injury came up? You know, it could have been poor technique for sure. That's why I have, like, all my clients send me exercise videos so I can look at their technique and give them, you know, corrections. But a contributing factor would be any kind of lack of nutritional support. If they don't have the right calories, the right protein, the right hydration, the right timing, those will all factor into any injury concerns as much as poor technique would. Think about muscle growth. If I want to grow muscles, I have to have sufficient calories and protein, and then timing the calorie and protein will make it more efficient as a process. But overall, can you make 
initial muscle growth without really knowing what you're doing with nutrition? Yes. If you present a new stimulus and it's above the stimulus you've been doing. So you switch from training, you know, haphazardly to all of a sudden you follow a training program. You follow this new program, you get some pretty good results, you see a little bit of muscle definition, you feel a little bit stronger in the gym in the first month or two, and you're like, this program is amazing. Then all of a sudden, that all kind of starts to fizzle out. You're going to the gym just as much, you've been eating however you've been eating, and you likely feel like that's, you know, like an effort. So you're like, oh, I've been eating really well. Uh, well, you're probably just eating the way you were eating. <laughs> So maybe you made a little bit of an attention to kind of eating, you know, more consistently, but you still don't know your calories. You still don't know your protein. You still miss meals from time to time. You're not even paying attention to hydration. Like if somebody asked you how many ounces of water a day you're drinking or fluid, you'd have no clue. So that's not good. <laughs> you know, you can tell them how many pounds and repetitions and sets you've done of bicep curls, but you can't tell them how many ounces of fluid you drank a day. Ooh, that's not good. That's a red flag right there. Eventually... If you can't create a new stimulus in training as intensely and as aggressively as the initial change, results start to slow down. But if you tried to push that aggressive adaptation without proper nutritional support, you have insufficient recovery. You're going to get those aches and pains. You're going to get muscle tightnesses. You're going to get some injuries. What's interesting is, is the general concept of being able to out-train a bad diet. It's helpful for beginners to know this. So they recognize that they just can't start to exercise and that's going to fix everything. You do have to make some nutritional adaptations and nutrition changes as well. The downside is advanced lifters forget this advice all the time. <laughs> they forget that they are absolutely just as susceptible to nutrition and hydration issues as a beginner would be. I've advanced athletes all the time that if they miss a meal here or there, they travel here or there, hydration's off here or there, all of a sudden the performance in the gym goes down a little bit. Or they feel a little bit tight, like, oh man, my lower back is really stiff. I wonder what's going on. You know, did I misload the weight? Did I do something different? I'm like, no, you just, you didn't drink anything and you were sitting in a car for 12 hours, you're probably freaking tight as hell on the hip flexors. Did you stretch your hip flexors? Well, you know, no, I didn't have a lot of time when I got to the gym. <laughs> So I understand it, like not to make fun of everybody too much, but because I'm in the same boat, is I understand when we have very little time, we try to think, you know, what's the most efficient things I can get in? Well, I've learned to prioritize stretching <laughs> and to recognize that a very efficient thing would be is for me to take from five working sets on squats down to just two or three so I have the time to do the stretches. I'm not going to skip my stretches and then try to get five working sets of squats in. I will feel horrendous. <laughs> my joints and everything will feel tight and miserable, if not during the workout, definitely afterwards in the recovery phase. So I've learned to drop my top end sets down to make room for stretching and mobility work. And a lot of people don't do it that way. They do it the other way, which is exactly what I did when I was younger. <laughs> but any time that we miss sleep, we're low on calories, we're low on protein, our hydration kind of falls off. And especially if it's on back-to-back -back days or several days within a chunk of time. It's going to cause a reduction in performance. It's going to cause a reduction in motivation. Our body's just going to kind of feel achy and stiff. Things are just not going to feel the way they normally do because we're not 
eating the way we normally do. We're not sleeping the way we normally do. We're not hydrating the, the way we normally do. Something is different in our recovery and support, our nutritional and lifestyle support. So therefore, we feel something being different in training. What's challenging is a lot of times with advanced clients, when something isn't going well in training, they look at training. <laughs> you know, they'll, t- they'll tell me, oh, you know, squats kind of felt really crappy today. You know, I wonder if maybe next time I need to add this mobility drill or maybe I need to do this or I need to do that or maybe we add, need to add a, a sixth workout so I can work on these things. They always want to do more, <laughs> which is awesome. I love that mindset because it's that like push, 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 push. I'd rather pull back somebody a little bit than having to like kick them in the butt to get them moving. But they always want to do more. But before we ever change the program, I always say, well, how's your food been? What have your calories and protein been over the last couple of days? What's your sleep been like? Have you been hydrating as well? Have you been super busy? Have you missed some hydration? Like one of my clients recently did a clinic. And it's like, well, if you were busy all day helping people, maybe you didn't get enough food in, maybe you didn't get enough hydration in, and that could possibly lead to the next workout, especially if it's the next day, feeling pretty crappy. There's nothing wrong with the workout. We just didn't eat well. We didn't drink well, like fluids well, right before we went to work out. <laughs> so that would be why. We don't need to change the program. We've even talked about medication. One of my uh, other advanced clients, they were telling me that they had really tight muscles. So I was listing some things that could be contributing to that because uh, they were talking about, you know, going and seeing a specialist and going and doing these extra drills. And I said, well, before we spend a lot of money and before we go spend extra time, you know, what's your food been? How's your hydration been? I said, have you started any new medications? Because medications can actually change uh, water retention issues and they can actually cause tight muscles. Well, they did start a new medication and it was one that's associated with changing in water retention in my tight muscles. So I was like, whoa, boom, there we go. So before they spend a lot of money, before we, you know, kind of go all this crazy extra stuff, we would just need to adjust our carbohydrates, our sodium and our hydration, and all of a sudden the muscles are going to feel better again. So there's a lot of nuances when it comes to the nutritional support, whether you're a beginner or an advanced lifter or an advanced athlete, whatever you know category you call yourself, but beginner versus advanced. It's important to talk about the concept of can you out-train a bad diet to beginners, but it's equally important to talk about that concept for advanced people as well. So no matter what your goals are, whether it's fat loss, muscle growth, strength, endurance, cardiovascular endurance, muscle endurance, if you want to do handstand walks for a mile, whatever the hell it is that you want to work on as a phys- physical adaptation, a physical change, it's extremely, extremely important to recognize and realize that you cannot out-train a bad diet. You can get a momentary change, but that moment will be short-lived, and then you'll eventually you'll have to really actually address nutrition. So you can put a bunch of Band-Aids on, but eventually you're going to have to go down to the root of the issue and really address it. You cannot out-train a bad diet. When things aren't going as expected, when you've reached plateaus, when something's aching, when your muscles are tight, when you feel lethargic, your motivation is down, when things aren't going as expected, when things aren't going as usual, look at what you do for recovery, what you do for nutrition, before you think of changing your programming. Often we do have to change programming. But actually, more often, we don't. (laughs) Most often, I have them get back on track with calories, protein, hydration, and timing. 
and then we look at sleep, and then all of a sudden within three, four, five days, everything's feeling great, everything's going really well. So I might have to make a small modification to the next two or three workouts, maybe just that week, but usually they're right back on track. So you cannot out-train a bad diet. When things aren't going as expected, look at recovery and nutrition first. Calories, protein, hydration, sleep, stress management. Make sure those elements are as they normally are. Maybe you can actually improve them before you would think about changing programming, before you think about, you know, bailing out on a program or changing your goals entirely or thinking, you know, I'm just not meant to be X, Y, Z, whatever the goal is. You're meant to do whatever the hell you want to do. Just got to know where to look and where to put your efforts. Okay. If you need anything, reach out. My email is brutalironjim at gmail.com. You can find all of our services, all, a whole bunch of free information we have all on our website, www.brutalironjim.com. There's a lot of information there to help support whatever your goals are. If you like the podcast, please share the podcast. If you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. Also, if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Gym. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.